The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Heyo! What's going on, Fancy Authority Fanatics? We are back. The Dino Show boys are back. Robbie Jeffries here with Tom Corson. But but wait, there's more. There's more to this package. Christian Welch, the great god, finally getting to do some Dynasty content. Christian, welcome. Are you pumped up? I'm fired up, man. Dynasty is what I do. I'm glad y'all finally let me join you. We had to we had to comb through the resumes, make sure everything lined up, make sure you know you've won some dynasty championships to be able to spit this uh, insight and analysis that that Tom and I delve into. You know, maybe not on the weekly basis now, but every other week, Tom, and, and he barely passed the test. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a choice. You said Christian was going to come on the show, so I was like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> that's actually one hundred percent factual. <laughs> I just posted it. I said, hey, Christian's joining us. And he said, fine. <laughs> oh, man. Not, Don't lie, Tom. You, any... you would have bailed on the show if I wasn't here. If it was just going to be no, you and Robbie, that, you would have been tired accurate. tonight. But I was, I was here, so you had to show up with bells that's on. That's not accurate. I am tired. Tired of winning every single week in the, the, the props world. But we will get to that in a bit. First, we want to talk some dynasty because that's why Christian is here. He's been doing the redraft content, crushing it for us, doing some Debbie content, crushing it for us. But we're talking dynasty fantasy football. And guys, there's been so much that's happened in the first five weeks. Some narratives that, that we weren't expecting at all that have continued for basically most of the, the season so far. And I think we need to start reviewing some of this and seeing if it's here to stay, where we're um, putting the fantasy, the dynasty stock for some of these players. And I just want to start off right away with the rookie quarterbacks, because I know after a year that we had Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow for half the season, you know, and we saw people light it up. This, this quarterback class is, is not quite doing what we expected. And I'm curious, and I'll go to you first, Christian, with these rookie quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, it's only five weeks, and we've only seen a handful of starts from some of these guys. Have you adjusted your from what you had preseason? Are you adjusting any of your rankings for these five quarterbacks? And I'm talking Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones. What was your order going in, and have you changed it at all after five weeks of football? Yeah, so my order going in was was Lawrence one, Lance two, Fields three, Wilson four, Mac Jones five. And I've not changed any of that so far. I mean, they're all obviously struggling a little bit out the gate. Um, but we've seen some of the things that we want to see. Like with Trevor, we know he's a guy that likes to, likes to get out, out of the pocket and run a little bit. That run against Cincinnati where he juked the defensive end out of his shoes and scored, that was that glimpse that I wanted to see of him seeing a little confidence doing that in the league. Trey Lance, we're just now getting to see. And gosh, this week really wasn't the best week for him. I don't even think he threw a touchdown pass, but we're seeing that, that Konami code. I mean, this is the kind of guy that can run for 100 yards a game if that's what the offense will allow him to do. 
um, Fields, it, you know, he's been out there just a little bit longer than Lance, but man, the Bears are struggling on offense, aren't they? It's really hard to see, you know, what we want to see out of Fields right now. Zach Wilson, it seems like they're kind of letting him have a, a Peyton Manning rookie year to where if he throws 50 interceptions, that's fine. They're just going to let him work through it. So, you know, some people may be penalizing him, but at this point, I don't really care if he's throwing three interceptions every week. I want to see him, you know, work through it because that's clearly what the coaching staff wants him to do. You can see where he flashes at times that arm strength, that 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 play against Tennessee where he sent Corey Davis deep and just, you know, that bullet down mm-hmm. the sideline. That That's the glimpses we want to see from Wilson and what made us fall in love with his BYU film. And then Mac Jones. I mean, this guy is just accurate. He's got moxie. I mean, he's a gamer. You know, that, that game against Brady showed us a lot of, you know, what the Patriots like in Mac Jones. I don't know how much we'll like him for fantasy ever. I mean, he seems like kind of a career, you know, back-end quarterback two guy. But for the NFL, you know, we saw some glimpses of what the Patriots liked to him in that last game. So still the same order for me, but I'm excited to see them all play a little bit better than they have. Yeah, I I had uh, Lawrence, then Fields, then Lance, and then Wilson and Mac Jones. I think I'm going to flip Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, uh, but they're so close that it's almost negligible to me. Um, With Lawrence, we might have a new head coach (laughs) very soon. With Fields, Fields, we could have a new head coach. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan is safe, even though he's got, you know, more losses than everybody realizes. And then, you know, Soleil's not going anywhere and Belichick's not going anywhere. So those three have... um, a little bit more continuity probably moving forward than Lawrence and Fields, I think. But uh, yeah, I just, Mac Jones, maybe a little bit more than Zach Wilson. I, I don't know. It's tight. Yeah. I, I think we have to be excited with what we've seen from Mac Jones so far. Maybe not so much from a fantasy perspective, because Christian, like you said, right. Uh, he's going to be that Matt Ryan, um, Tom Brady-esque type of quarterback where he's not getting you rushing yards, right? So he has to be super efficient in, in throwing touchdowns and super efficient in his completion percentage. Um, you could throw Kirk Cousins maybe as a more accurate representation of what we see from Mac Jones. So uh, we would have to see a big leap from him. And it's only, you know, five games in, so there's plenty of time for that. But I think it's hard to argue that he's probably played the best as a, as a, just a real quarterback. Would you guys disagree with that? Is there anybody that's played better than him the first five weeks? Davis Mills this week, maybe, but no, no, no one has. Fair, fair, fair. Got to get him in the conversation, but, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about Zach Wilson here real quick. Cause I think while we have seen him struggle, uh, what I like is that they, they've just continued, like you said, Christian, to go back to him, right? Like he's averaging 35 attempts per game. And that's partly because the Jets are just going to be bad on both sides of football. Like when your top options are, are Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, now that he's healthy, like he's going to struggle. Like he doesn't have any weapons. His, his running back room's a mess. Uh, we like Michael Carter, maybe down the road, or at least Tom and I do. I know Christian, you're um, not, not pumped with the draft capital there, but if your best running back is is Michael Carter in his rookie year, and your best wide receiver is Corey Davis, who I think is a better number two than number one. I want to give him time because he we've seen the flashes. They're committing to him. He's throwing a ton. Let's just get him some better weapons here in future years. So that's what I'm uh, excited about. And then on the fields and Trey Lance, I think they both had some struggles. I think fields, 
with his extra starts has looked better, right? He was horrendous against the Browns, really, really good pass rush. And then he's looked better the last two weeks. They're, they're just not unleashing him uh, the way they should. So like Tom said, I, I hope they do uh, end up changing coaches and they can fully unleash his talent because Allen Robinson is not involved. Darna Mooney could be having this second year ascension that we hope from a lot of these other second year wide receivers. Um, they do. They, unlike the, unlike the jets, they do have the talent. So we definitely want to see Justin Fields do more. My uh, rankings have not changed either. I've gone Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Lance, Mac Jones, and that has not changed for me. So looks like we're all staying steady with those through five weeks. But Tom, uh, let's let's switch to Jalen Hurts, and we talked a little bit about him after the two week period, right? We wanted to do some uh, reactions to the season, and we had a, a really good game from Jalen Hurts, and we had a really down game. And now we fast forward a couple more weeks, and we've had a couple more really elite performances, and then a couple more is he the guy performances. Yeah. Um, are you still kind of staying in steady where you think he will be replaced because the Eagles have what, what is it? Three top 10 picks, right. In the 2022 mm-hmm. draft. So he has been really, really, really good for fantasy, but I still don't think he's a QB of the future. Um, he makes dumb mistakes like throwing the ball away on fourth down. <laughs> the team isn't well coached as a whole. Um, so that's really concerning. Um, if it keeps looking this bad, I could actually see Lurie moving on from Sirianni after one year. I oh. always felt, yeah, I know. I always felt that he was a bridge coach until they could attract someone better anyway. I bring that up just because it's possible that Hertz is in his third system in three years. Um, so even if they don't take a quarterback, then that's still another change there. Um, the good news for him, that Christian had talk a little bit more on this QBs at the top of the draft right now aren't really crazy impressive. Um, so he might have a better shot at being that QB of the future if they're going to go the draft route. But I think it's more likely that they trade for one using some picks. Um, yeah. And it, like I said, it's they're or like you said, they're currently slated to have three top 10 picks. So um, yeah, he's looked good for fantasy, but it's still really tough to trust them. I wonder if the Colts start uh, with their one and four record. Uh, maybe we need to see a little bit more from Jacob Eason. Maybe Wentz can take the bench a little bit to make that snap share uh, go down to turn that into a second. Uh, yeah, but, but- I, I, I wonder if he all of a sudden has the miraculous uh, foot injury from high school again in week 12. But Double, double sprained I- ankles. I will say this, if they, if they decide to bring in, you know, Jacob Eason or something like that, they need to do it in like week 11. And that's basically calling off their season early because it's 75% of the snaps. And if they bring Eason in, that's not a guarantee from week 12 to 18 that he's going to wind up having all those snaps. So, eh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I was, that was partly in jest. I feel like uh, I know, Colts but can, it, can still get some dubs here. I mean, have they have the Texans it. in their division, right? Let, let, let's not throw in the towel on them. But one and four, not the start they wanted. Uh, Christian, Tom is a known, uh, I don't want to say skeptic, but he is not as high on Jalen Hurts as most of the fantasy community, I would say. And I think Jalen Hurts has been playing really well, right? 65% of his passes completed. That is a huge uptick from last year. Seven TDs to three interceptions, 7.5 uh, yards per attempt, which is a bump from last year as well. Um, QB seven with 25 points per game. Obviously that's the fantasy side. Are you a little bit more positive uh, on Jalen Hurts's uh, dynasty outlook? Or are you kind of with Tom? 
To me, he's a really interesting case because, I mean, he's going to finish as a QB1 most likely this year in fantasy. So if you're contending, he's a guy you want to plug into your lineup. You know, he kind of reminds me of Jameis Winston in Tampa. Completely different players. You know, Hertz has a great head on his shoulders and he's more of a Konami code rushing quarterback. You know, Jameis Winston throwing for 5,000 yards, kind of a bonehead. But both of those guys were, were tremendous for fantasy. I mean, that last year, Jameis was in Tampa throwing for 5,000 yards. We mm-hmm. felt pretty good about starting him in fantasy football, didn't we? But how good did the Bucks feel about starting him in real life? You know, and I think that's kind of the situation we're in now with Hertz as well. We love him for fantasy football. I mean, he's probably scoring us 30 when he's in our lineup. But is he still going to be a starting quarterback next year? Is he still going to be a Philadelphia Eagle next year? With them having three top 10 picks, you know, Tom's, Tom mentioned the, the, the quarterback class, you know, struggling a little bit. And I really think it's kind of where it was coming into the year. We just removed Spencer Rattler from the conversation and inserted Matt Corral. So, you know, it's still going to be Corral, um, Sam Howell, Malik Willis. I think all three of those guys will go in the top 10 of the draft. So whether we like these guys as much as last year's group or not, there's most likely still going to be three quarterbacks getting taken in the top 10 of the draft. Do the Eagles like one of those guys more than Jalen Hurts? You know, so as far as buying Jalen Hurts in Dynasty, I mean, it's really a price dependent thing for me. Like I said, if I'm a contender and I need a quarterback, he's most likely going to be a QB one this year. I want those points in my lineup. And he's even young to where he's appealing as a dynasty asset. But those of us that are actually watching the games, it's like, all right, is he going to be a quarterback um, in this league for long? You know, Jameis Winston found another team that wants to give him a shot. You know, maybe Jalen Hurts has a has a team somewhere else that wants to commit to him. But for right now, it doesn't seem like the Eagles are gung-ho on, on committing to him long-term. So I'm, uh, you know, a little cautious with my buying of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think what else is interesting is who's going to want to also take a quarterback in that draft, right? We have uh, the Jags who are 0-5. They're not taking a quarterback. The Lions 0-5. They absolutely could be in the quarterback market. Jets 1-4, I don't think so. Texans, we think Watson's probably going to move on, right? So they're they're looking at a, a top four, top five pick there at 1-4. Giants, I think with how Jalen Jones has been playing, uh, they probably keep with him another year. But then we have the Falcons, right? Uh, your team, Christian, absolutely going to be in the quarterback market. So that's three teams already in front of in front of the Eagles uh, that could potentially take one. So I really think it's going to be interesting to see where the Eagles end up because they're good enough to win, what, Tom, seven games this year? And I don't I mean, think who, they have. The Eagles? Yeah. Yeah. Not the way they're playing. <laughs> I'm – the only reason they won that Carolina game is because Carolina just gave it away. They played, they're playing such undisciplined football and they're so poorly coached. I, I'm watching that. I'm watching the last couple games and I don't see them winning four games. They, they could win five games by mistake. Put it that way. Yeah. And part of that reason was the guy we're going to talk about next and Sam Darnold, who was absolutely on fire to start the season, right? He, um, is the quarterback nine with 21 points per game, even with kind of a, a bumpy road the last couple of weeks where he's thrown five interceptions. His completion percentage has dropped down to 61%, kind of uh, previous Sam Donald, right, with the Jets. So um, we look at his first three teams that he faced, the Jets, the Saints, and Houston, really, really easy uh, defenses, at least in two of those three matchups. And then we get Dallas. Uh, and then this week with the Eagles, where maybe mediocre defenses, Dallas has been playing really well, obviously, with Trayvon Diggs. But has he been overachieving with, with these defenses the first three weeks? And Sam Darnold maybe isn't quite the guy that we thought. Because we also have to add in he has five rushing touchdowns, right, which probably isn't going to – obviously isn't going to continue. But if you told me he ended the year with seven, he only gets two more through the rest of the year, 
I wouldn't be surprised. Is he a guy that's overvalued right now? Or, or Christian, where do you have him right now in your dynasty ranks? What are your thoughts? Because obviously he's better than he was with the Jets, but where does he go from here? I don't think his price has risen too much to where he's overvalued. You know, with him, I asked a lot of people this last year when we were evaluating the QB class we were just talking about. Like, if Sam if Sam Darnold was a rookie coming out of USC right now, where would he rank in this class? You know, and, and like, how old is Sam Darnold? He's still like 23, right? He's one of the youngest guys from that class. So, I mean, he's almost right there with the rookie quarterback class. So, if we're treating him as, as a first or second year player since we're giving him the Adam Gase pass, the administration there in Carolina hand selected Sam Darnold they could have took Justin Fields but they decided Sam Darnold was the guy they wanted to build around so kind of the opposite as Jalen Hurts like Sam Darnold I don't, I don't trust that he's going to give me as big a game as Jalen Hurts is right now but I think I feel better about Sam Darnold being the Panthers quarterback next year than I do Jalen Hurts being the Eagles quarterback so if I own these guys like say I have Hurts I would look to trade a Hertz for Sam Darnold and a first. If I can't get that, Sam Darnold in a couple seconds because, you know, I can get that job security knowing this quarterback's going to be with this team for a while because the new coaching staff that's performing well hand-selected him, passed on a Justin Fields for him when there's so many question marks around Hertz. And because Hertz is playing better than him now, I think you can get Darnold plus and, and you know, not lose too much production now and still have your your roster looking a lot better going forward. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I'm glad you kind of brought up that comparison because that was the next thing I was going to ask with how uh, this praise you were giving to Sam Darnold. Like, who would you rank higher in Dynasty right now? It sounds like you might still have Hurts higher, but it, but you have question marks with his future. Like, how, how are you ranking those two uh, right now? I know you don't maybe have your Dynasty <laughs> rankings in front of you. Yeah, but. I, I, think it would, I think it would be hard to have Darnold ahead of Hurts right now because, like I said, Hurts is – pretty locked in to finish as a QB one this year. I mean, he, he he's going to play as, as the Eagles quarterback the rest of this year, in my opinion, he's going to score, you know, 30 ish points a game, depending on your scoring the rest of the way out. So most of us are trying to win. If you're trying to win, you definitely feel better starting Jalen hurts. And like I said, it's not like you're acquiring a Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Fitzpatrick type guy here. I mean, this is a young guy that even if it's not with the Eagles could potentially get an opportunity somewhere. So it's not a completely rental only asset there's just a little risk that you're taking the Jameis Winston path. You know, maybe he has that big year where he throws for 5,000 yards and then he's backing up for the saints for a year before he starts again. You know, you're taking that potential risk of a journey like that with Hertz, where if I could, like I said, pivot to a Sam Darnold, have the stability for at least, you know, two or three years and pick up some draft capital as well. You know, I'd be looking to do that. So guys, let's switch it up and go to the running backs here. One of the guys that I wanted to highlight and talk about was Kareem Hunt, because this is a guy that's really, really difficult for me to rank in Dynasty because he's a backup running back on his own team, right? So he's a running back too, but he just produces uh, seemingly so well year in and year out, but he's still going to be the backup because he's under contract for two more years. So right now, Kareem Hunt is the running back five, uh, right behind Nick Chubb, who's the running back four through five games in this year. Um, he has five touchdowns, right? So he has been absolutely boosted because his his workload is like a running back too, right? It's 10 carries, 13 carries, 14 carries. He's, he's right in the, the low teens. Um, so his production is not where you feel comfortable, but he's just getting touchdown after touchdown. And this is a team that runs the ball on first, second, and if they can, third down. So like I said, he's under contract through 2022 season. Tom, what do you, what do you think with Kareem Hunt? Is he a player that you think – this can stay and you should try and acquire him. If, if even if you're not a contender and you're looking for the future, he's not an old running back yet. Um, what are your thoughts with Kareem Hunt? Yeah. So I brought Hunt up as one of my buys uh, in the offseason. Also Darnold, by the way, he averaged almost exactly the same amount of points with and without Chubb in the lineup, which was a little bit over 13 last year. So, I mean, 
we know what we're getting with him. Uh, we should be a little bit surprised that he's – I think he's outproducing Chubb right now. I don't know if you – Chubb's four, you said? I have, yeah, yeah, in, in total points and half PPR. So I bet in PPR with him, oh, he had a six-reception yeah. game, and he had – last week I think he had five receptions. So I'm going to guess in All PPR right. he's probably outproducing him. Yeah, so it's – in P, full PPR it's five Hunt and then 12 for Chubb. Yeah, big um, change there. So we should be a little bit surprised that Hunt's outproducing Chubb, but his usage as a receiver so far is making the big difference. Um, we all thought this would be Hunt's role when he signed with the Browns, uh, but he was severely underutilized last year. He only averaged 2.3 catches a game. Um, through five weeks, he's averaging 3.4 catches a game, over four targets a game. All that being said, I think this is going to benefit both Hunt and Chubb as the season goes on because they're going to be fresh. Their upside might be capped a little bit, but they're they're both going to have RB one weeks. And you know, it's kind of like we saw last year. We thought Chubb could have been the you know RB two, RB three overall, but Hunt kept on you know snaking touchdowns. Uh, he's really good in the red zone. They use Hunt um, a lot down in close. Um, if you own Nick Chubb, then you're very aware of that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I, I would buy Hunt, especially because you know he's he's safe, and he is a Chubb injury away from being a top five running back. It's interesting you say that because I feel like that's where we didn't see that big bump last year without Chubb. You, you kind of note at the top that he kind of had the same points per game with and without Chubb. So that's where I I, I don't know if he's well, safe. His, right? He he scored the his, touchdowns. But if the touchdowns aren't there, I don't think he's getting the work to. He's kind of that flex where he can be okay, get you six to eight points if it's PPR, eight to ten points. Yeah, so Good. Christian. Christian's the trade king, right? Obviously, he, he's got, what, a thousand trades through five weeks, something like that. <laughs> if, Chubb go, if Chubb goes down and you own Kareem Hunt, you're immediately probably trying to move him for a huge profit, right? Absolutely. What would you consider a huge profit, though? And, and, and a second question with that, you said you're buying Hunt. What are you trying to buy him for as a buyer? Because uh, uh, I've tried to buy him quite a bit in the past couple of weeks. I've got some teams where I've got Saquon Hurd, where I've lost J.K. Dobbins preseason. So I'll let you answer those two real quick. But once again, where I've got I, some really recent experience on, and, and I feel like I've got a good pulse on where his market value is right now. So, so I would definitely pay, you know, a first round pick slated, you know, eight or back. I think no doubt because I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this draft class uh, after the first like five or six. I think it's dead in the water. Um, so I'm willing to pay a mid to late first round pick for him. What was the other question? The, the first one was if Chubb goes down, what are you selling him for? Or if someone offers you, the yeah, what would you consider a large package? <sighs> well, not Robbie. Hey, but I'm chum. Uh, I would try and get somebody like Dobbins or something like that at that moment. Uh, one of those guys who, you know, Dobbins, obviously. Akers? Yeah, well, I love Cam Akers, but the Achilles injury is very scary. Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack up. balling out. Uh, I know. He's, games. he's looking better. Uh, I wouldn't but pay a still, first for Akers. So with that, where do but, you have Dobbins against the one? If it takes uh, an injury to get Dobbins, but you'd pay the one eight now. How far apart are Dobbins and the one eight actually right now? Oh, he's well above that. I think I've tried selling him and I can't, I cannot get the, uh, 
bottom three, bottom four teams first for him, just alone. I can't get a top three, four first for Dobbins. Wait till the end of the year. Yeah, Wait till the end. yeah that's the I, thing, I though. Like, I think we're, we're too far removed from him coming back from injury to get that kind of value for Dobbins. I think if you think Dobbins is worth that right now, you haven't tried to move Dobbins right now. I mean, you may be able to get that in three or four months, but but right now I don't think that's where it is. With Kareem Hunt, so that's you... the challenge. Like Tom seems willing to pay a first for Kareem Hunt. I am not willing to pay a first for a backup running back on the wrong side of 25. So for me, I would love to buy Kareem Hunt on my contending teams right now for a second round pick. But if you're selling Kareem Hunt, you are not trading him for less than a first. So he's a guy you really can't acquire right now unless you're willing to overpay. And like I said, I am not willing to pay a first for a, a number two running back on his team that's on the wrong side of 25. I'd be happy to pay a second. Chubb went down for the year and I knew I was getting Hunt the rest of the way out. Yeah, then I would pay a, a contending first for Hunt for the championship run. But without a Chubb injury, I just think a first is too rich. And, and that's the issue. If you're selling, that's what you want. If you're buying, you're, you're probably in that second range like I am. So I'm not seeing him moved quite a bit because there's that kind of, you know, stalemate in between buyers and sellers with Hunt right now. So even even a late first with this draft class? I'm not as down on this draft class as you are. I think this is one of the best receiver classes we, we've seen. It's nasty. Yeah. Maybe the running I'm backs just... suck. Yeah, they're, they're horrible. But here's the thing with quarterbacks. Like, we were drafting Mac Jones in the first round, and Mac Jones is not the kind of guy we get excited about and talk about him as a worth a future first. Like, any quarterback drafted in the first round is going to get a first-round rookie pick. Okay? Whether you yeah. think they'll be five or not, there's most likely going to be three or four. Okay? Then you have at least five receivers in this class – uh, especially with the emergence of Drake London. I mean, that guy had 16 catches this week. The guy looks like the next mm -hmm. Mike Evans. Um, I mean, there are, are some emerging receivers in this class. Like, I think the back-end firsts are, are going to look a lot better than you think they are. And for me, a 26-year-old running back uh, over a guy like Drake London, no way. Give me Drake London all day. I, I think where the Kareem Hunt trades will start is when he stops this scoring pace, which again, the Browns can keep scoring, but a couple more go Chubb's way. Uh, they have a couple of down games and Hunt doesn't score for one or two weeks. And people realize, Oh, maybe he doesn't, you know, get a touchdown every single week. I think that's when maybe that price gets into Christian's range where you're able to acquire him for your teams for that, that mid second um, pick. So would you I, pay I first now, Robbie, I would not No, I'm, I'm in line with you where I, I don't, I don't trust the the volume. I, I get it. He's been really, really fantastic. Running back four, hard to complain uh, about, right? But you, you have it right. Like the age isn't – it's not terrible, but you're, you're right. It's not the point where you want to acquire him on top of being the backup for his own team. So that's where I, I will not do the first there. But um, another guy that's been popping off through the first five weeks, except for the week four dud, Mike Williams. And outside of that week four dud that I mentioned – he is at his worst game was 81 yards and a touchdown. Like that's his worst game. He has six touchdowns through the five weeks, 471 yards. It's, it's literally bonkers. And, and it's wondering how hasn't this shown up before now? Uh, that's the big question. And, and I'm curious with you guys, are you guys expecting this to last the whole season? And if so, this seems like a guy you have to add to your team. If you want to you know, be a fantasy contender, because the connection with Herbert right now is just too hot. 16 targets in this last week is fantastic. Tom, what are you doing with Mike Williams? Are you, are you trying to sell uh, with the age and it, do the injuries pop back up or, or are you firmly on the Mike Williams train? Well, I, I sold him after week three because I was talking to Christian. We're like, this is like the sell high opportunity and apparently not. <laughs> I got Gallup in a second and I feel like a shitbird. 
Um, even though I still like it, but I took less than that. I'm here to take my L yeah. on Mike Williams as well. So yeah, <laughs> just like holy shit, man. Um, whoops, like he, he's been an absolute baller so far. I I don't think it's necessarily going to slow down, especially with the volume that he's getting. Factor in that he's always been very good in the red zone, and all of a sudden we have our fifth year breakout, so to speak. And it happens to be in a contract year, by the way. So as long as he stays healthy. It's going to be really interesting to see what the Chargers do with him. Um, again, contractually, this offseason, they have to figure out what they're going to do with him. Are they going to franchise him? Are they going to let him go? I don't think they're going to let him go. Uh, but I remember everyone being really surprised that the Chargers picked up his fifth-year option for $15.6 million, and it looks like they finally know what they're doing. Really weird what happens when you have a young stud quarterback, isn't it? But I, I don't necessarily – it might slow down a little bit. You can't expect 45-point uh, weeks out of him all the time. But I think at this point it's impossible to ignore that he's going to be a wide receiver one unless he gets dinged up again. Yeah, so he's a good example of how my style of play can can bite me every now and then. Um, I'm very aggressive. I usually lead whatever league I'm in in trades, and, and Robbie's in the league with me now. He, he knows that you know, my thing is if there's a player that I deem to not be a good asset that is performing well, I am trading that asset that week. I'm going salesman style, and I'm going to make that guy sound like the, the greatest thing since sliced bread, and I'm going to get a second or third round pick while I can before they drift back to being useless. And I do that over and over and over and over and over again, and that's how I play. Every now and then it bites you. In this case, it did here. So just like Tom, you know, me and Tom are like, well, we've been waiting to trade Mike Williams for like four years now, and <laughs> we couldn't even get a second. So, hell, now mm -hmm. that we can get a second plus – this is it. Let's get rid of this guy that's been roster clogging for five years. Um, you know, let's get off of him. And, and we were happy with our returns that we got for Mike Williams that day. We weren't expecting him to score, you know, 38 fantasy points the next two weeks after that, you know, and now we could probably get a first for him. But I'm a process over results guy and fifth year breakouts are very few and far in between. So I, I stand by moving him when me and Tom did. Like I said, I, I do that 100 times over. And, and as long as I'm winning 60, 70 percent of those, I'm doing great. This is one, though, where, where I'm going to lose on. I, I could have got a first plus for him right now. Um, if I just waited a couple weeks <clears throat> in one league, I got LaVisca Chenault for him. Um, in another league, I think I got a second and a couple thirds. You know, so, I mean, I, I traded him too soon. But, you know, my, my style of play, you know, that'll bite me every now and then. So for your other teams, Christian, if you are on a contender – would you move? Uh, you're obviously going to have a late first, right? Let's say you're you're four and one right now. Uh, you need a little bit of help at wide receiver. You don't have quite that wide receiver one or two that, that you need to compete. Are you going to move and try and acquire him for a late first, or are you not no. quite buying that? No. no, I can't do it. Like I said, I just don't believe in him enough as a player. I do think that he could be a nice asset this year, but you just talked about his free agency. This is a guy that does not have a consistent track record. This is a guy to where if I'm his his parents, if I'm his agent, I'm like, dude, look, you've been pretty all over the place. You take as much money as you possibly can right now and call it a day. I don't think that this is a long-term marriage with Justin Herbert. You know, maybe it's because I'm a Falcons fan and we're shitty that I that I expect us to have a different coaching staff every couple of years, but the coaching staff is not always going to be the same. You know, this this year seems to be a perfect recipe for Mike Williams, but I think he's out of there after this year for the most money, maybe going to Detroit or somewhere like that. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to pay a first. Like if I'm giving up one of my first, it has got to be an asset that is going to be just more than a rental. So 
I, I would pay a second for him now, but that wouldn't get him. So Mike Williams is a guy where I'll have zero shares. You know, there's a lot of players I like that I have zero shares. I'm a Falcons fan. I love Kyle Pitts. I have zero shares. I was not willing to pay the price of taking him over Justin Fields, Trey Lance, you know. So Mike Williams is a guy to where price dependently, I'm not going to have any shares. I just don't believe so you it. So don't, you don't think they'll franchise him? They could, but – I mean, their offensive coordinator could jet for a head coaching job. I mean, I'm a Falcons fan. Again, I just brought it up. Kyle Shanahan took yeah. us to the Super Bowl. Great offense, right? What happened the year after that? Oh, yeah, he left, and we sucked the next year. That's the way the NFL is. N- these beautiful systems we see every year, they usually change. So this is just a perfect recipe for Williams. If you have him in redraft, great. But I'm not going to now. Buying high is a bad thing. Like, if you're buying stocks, yeah. whatever you're buying, and buying at the top is a bad thing. I'm not all of a sudden going to go buy Mike Williams high. That is the exact opposite of how I play the game. Isn't this offense Brandon Staley's though? Uh, Joe, Joe Lombardi's. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say that this, it's hard to argue that they haven't been uh, obviously a Cowboys guy, right? And I love how the offenses looked, how balanced they can do running, running the ball and um, throwing the ball. But man, it's hard to argue that there hasn't been a better offense. Bucks as well, but they are just so balanced. Austin Eckler is fantastic. Keenan Allen. It, all this is overshadowing how well Keenan Allen's been playing, even though maybe the fantasy points aren't there. He's fantastic. And then you have Mike Williams to boot. Um, I would still pay more for Keenan Allen, even though he's getting outperformed by Mike Williams, because I believe in the player more. Even though he's injury prone? <laughs> that's an inside joke. Love oh, it. I, I know it is. I've been around long enough to know that's an inside joke. Um, if that's interesting, though, because we have a player now that's, that's four years older. I would say Keenan Allen's – Coming up on nah, his 20, well, Williams is what twenty seven. Williams is twenty seven. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm a little. Yeah. I'm a little. I'm a little uh, Are you telling me the community thinks Mike Williams is twenty five, and that's why his value is where it I'll is? I'll be honest. Not. I don't know why I thought that because he's been. <laughs> in, this is his fifth year. There's no way. Yeah, you need to be putting Mike Williams there with like Stephon Diggs age yep. wise. So that's yep. the thing. Like we're getting excited about this new asset that's emerging at Stephon Diggs's age. Like Stephon Diggs is a year away from best being like, oh shit, well, look at the rookie Traylon Burks. We need to move. Um, you know, he's, he's 21. We need to go ahead and move off this guy for the 21 year old. So like we're, we're about at that stage with Mike Williams on, on the age, you know, yep. like that's just yep. how it is. You, you know how it is when your receiver turns 28, 29, you start moving them. So what about a younger wide receiver that you both uh, have poo-pooed on before in the past? Uh, Kadarius Tony, he has gone absolutely ballistic. Now this is without a ton of wide receivers uh, in that Giants offense, right? We see Kenny Galladay <laughs> go out. We see Sterling Shepard go out. We see Darius Slayton go out. Uh, but it's hard to deny what Kadarius Tony has done on the field. 10 for 189 uh, this past week and the week before, 6 for 78. Uh, looking really good as kind of the only man left in town. So can that change? Absolutely. I'm guessing, uh, Christian, this kind of goes in your same mindset of, hey, sell the assets. You probably don't have any Kadarius Tony, mm-hmm. but like if you did, sell the assets you don't like while they're hot. Uh, Tom, you called him lobster hands. Christian, you called him uh, trash on trash. the Sunday show. Uh, I, I want to hear from I you did. guys. Are you guys hedging at all? Are yeah. you guys sticking with your thoughts? Yeah, let me hop in here, Tom, if you don't mind. This Go is ahead. a perfect segue from what I was just talking about with Mike Williams. So I have one Kadarius Tony share, and like I was ashamed when I took it because that was during draft season when I was absolutely <laughs> crucifying him. And it was in my my home dynasty league, the, the one dynasty league I've been in for like 11 years. And he's sitting there, like I think I got him at the 3-9. So like a lot of people in my league had listened to me and had thought he was trash, and I'm like, at this point, I mean, I don't know what how, how I'm not going to take him. So I took him. So I've got one share. 
And if it wasn't for Mike Williams teaching me a little of a lesson two weeks ago, I would have already moved Kadarius Tony for a second, like two days ago. Like he would have been gone already for a second. But I'm holding on now. If he does this again, I'm getting a first. And I'm going to get that first because I am not holding on to Kadarius Tony. The fact that he's playing well and looks electric on film does not change the fact that he is a bad prospect. I mean, I'm a process over results guy. Good for him that he's looking good, but it doesn't change the fact that he's a bad prospect. I would still rank him where I would rank him. I'm a process over results guy. Now, I'm not going to ignore that he's looked awesome, but you know, Kenny Galladay has been getting banged up. Sterling Shepard's been out. Sterling Shepard should be back. And my God, Sterling Shepard was the wide receiver one on this team before he got hurt. It was not Kenny Galladay. So Tony's target share should come down a little bit, but I don't know how they're going to keep rolling Darius Slayton out before him when, when we've seen how electric he looks. He definitely deserves some opportunity. And they use the draft capital. This is a first-round pick here. So, I mean, they need to get their money's worth out of him. So he should see some opportunity, even if it's not as much as he's seen the past couple weeks. So he's a guy where I, I would normally advise, hey, trade him right now for a second. But after what I've seen with Mike Williams, I'm advising you hold him for two weeks and then trade him for a first. Here's where I'm curious on, Christian, because I, I think you kind of draw your line in the sand on some of these players. And I'm curious at what point you kind of – change and maybe you don't change your mind but at a certain point it's like with Allen Robinson right now I'm at a point in redraft where I've changed my mind where maybe that breakout isn't coming maybe I need to wait to see it and he goes off on my bench before I start him uh, but we're talking about dynasty right if Kadarius Tony kind of continued this year and Sterling Shepard comes back it, it's almost like the James Robinson conundrum right where James Robinson I have I have seven James Robinson shares so there's your answer if Tony wants to finish this season doing what he's doing I'll be in I'll right. start acquiring shares if the price is right. Like James Robinson was undrafted. He's certainly not a guy I was touting last rookie yep. season, but I've got plenty of shares now because he put the results on the field and, and his price didn't elevate to reflect that. So I was taking the discount all off season before ETN. They draft ETN and I'm like, Oh God, you know, the injury happens and I'm now enjoying those Robinson shares, but you know, Robinson's a guy that I started acquiring once I started seeing the results. You know, if Tony does this all year and his price isn't a first, I may grab some shares. But kind of like with Mike Williams, I think by the time he proves it to me, the price will be too high. So he's a guy I've accepted. I'm just not going to have any shares on because I missed his evaluation. And I'm just not going to be willing to pay the inflated price when he's proven enough to me, if that makes sense. He's a guy I'm willing to not have shares of because I had to see it first. His profile alone, I could not get excited about. Yep. Yeah, lo lobster clauses look really good though, man. He, he's he's like a human joystick with like pinchers on the end. So, but he's catching the ball. He's like catching it like this and just yeah, snagging it with the claws. I mean, again, granted, everybody else is hurt, but that's that's really damn impressive as as far as like how he's looked. Um, you know, last week it was against the Cowboys. So, I mean, <laughs> pump the brakes. And while we're trashing uh, teams real quick and talking about the Giants, both of the New Jersey teams have lost to the Falcons. Let that set in. Could you imagine losing to the Falcons? Both teams and, in New Jersey lost to the Falcons. Yeah, that, that's bad. But we saw earlier in the season what happens with Daniel Jones locks onto a wide receiver with Sterling Shepard. What if Tony's that guy moving forward? Even if Shepard comes back, what if Tony is that guy now? So those wide receivers are basically the walking dead. I'm shocked that Galladay's hurt. Shocked. <laughs> shocked that Shepard's hurt. You know what I mean? Like I know, I know. It's all of them. Every one of them. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Shepard is last year of his deal as well. I think that uh, creates a, a 
an enticing kind of picture for what Tony could be if he's in an offense with Kenny Galladay as that 1A, the big man on the outside, and Tony kind of in that slot with what I uh, think is under-talked about is, is Daniel Jones and how much he's improved uh, this year. No, he's he's under contract through 2023. So they they resigned they can, him too. They can get out of the contract with – a dead cap hit of a little bit under eight million, but he's under contract for two more years. Yeah, he's too good to pay eight million to cut. I mean, so Slayton's going to be the victim here. You know, I mean, Tony's going to get on the field. My my worries as a, as a guy that has uh, purchased some uh, Sterling Shepard lately on contending teams because he's hurt right now and he's a target hog. I mean, he's a good buy right now. If you go get him for a third and something else, you know, he's a nice buy for the for the back end of the season, I believe. But it seems like Tony will get the slot. You know, and, and I, I think that's a big deal. And that's the thing. Like, Tony is not a polished wide receiver. You know, you heard a lot during the draft process. He's a former quarterback. He's new to the position. This guy is not a smooth, good route runner or anything like that. Like, he is just an electric athlete. They need to get the ball in his hands. You know, Shepard's a completely different player. But if they want to actually have a game plan to get the ball in Tony's hands, you know, he, he's going to be dangerous. I mean, he's electric in the open field. Which is kind of why I'm excited about him because if he's unpolished now and not the crisp route runner that he can be down the road and he's already doing this, I don't know, guys. I was not as low as most other people in the community. Tom, you and I know that uh, with our kind of back and forth where we found mm-hmm. out the lobster hands nickname uh, that you gave him. But I- I'm excited to see him. I think we'll touch base on him throughout the year um, as we see what happens when the other wide receivers come and back. I, I do have one share of Kadarius, Tony, and it's in bar tab. So, hey, trade him to me. I've oh, offered him to oh, the entire league for a first. So hopefully, I oh, no yeah. longer have a Kadarius Tony share very shortly. But I don't think that I, I'll, I'll get that price accepted for another week or two. I thought that you said you wouldn't trade with the first place team that's putting up two hundred and forty points a week. Right, you are. We'll not trade with you. Moving on to the tight ends that we have to talk about, two that have been fantastic uh, through the first five games of 2021. And even uh, for Dalton Schultz, at least, he was really, really good in Blake Jarwin's absence in 2020. Uh, I want to talk about Dawson Knox, who has five touchdowns, 261 yards through five weeks. Dalton Schultz, uh, really close to him, three touchdowns, 280 yards. These two guys are taking absolute advantage of of kind of their year, right? The, the third year breakout for Dawson Knox, the contract year for Dalton Schultz. Christian, are these two players that, again, you're looking to, to sell because they're producing so well right now? Or are you like, hey, this is a third-year tight end breakout. This could be for real for Dawson Knox in a good offense. Dalton Schultz, maybe they retain him and they move on from Blake Jarwin. Again, a good offense. What are you doing with these two guys? Well, for me, uh, one of them's for real, one of them's not. Um, Dawson Ooh. Knox is the one that I think is for real. Um, he's a guy I liked coming out of Ole Miss. Um, like I said, he's obviously a young, young, talented pass catcher in a high volume Bills offense, and he's the guy. They they chose not to bring Zach Ertz. Um, we heard those rumors all offseason that the Bills were going to get Zach Ertz, and th- they really didn't seem interested. You know that they were committed to Knox all offseason. And after Diggs, it's a lot of you know old guys getting getting the ball after after him there. Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders. You know, I know there's a lot of Gabe Davis people out there, but he hasn't really emerged. Knox is like the the next guy there after Stefan Diggs and he's young like I said I loved him coming out of college Dalton Schultz is a guy that wasn't really on my radar coming out of college he was just another one of those dudes coming out of a good program that just happens to put a tight end in the league every year and he was less exciting than the rest of them and 
I even checked with my my Dallas Cowboys friends before this season started, and they were telling me to cut the guy. They were telling me that look, Blake Jarwin's the receiving tight end here. This Dalton Schultz guy's not even worth a roster spot. Even if you're starting 12 players in the dynasty league, he's not worth a roster spot. And that was coming from a Cowboys fan that, that follows the team closely. So I don't know what's going on there, how Schultz is continuing to put up the production, but I got to think it's a little bit more of Mirage than a guy that I actually liked coming out of school that that seems to be the number two option on, on a team quarterback by Josh Allen. So if I'm betting on one of them to be the next Kittle, um, it's going to be Dawson Knox and, and not Dalton Schultz. I don't, I don't know what Cowboys fans you're talking to. That is just horrendous advice. I would I would not listen to them anymore. Um, no, yeah, Dalton Schultz has been surprising even to Cowboys fans. Um, we, I, I don't want to speak for every Cowboys fan, right, because he he did produce really well last year, but just his yards per catch was not great. He, he's not a fantastic athlete. So when you look at him and, and Blake Jarwin, Blake Jarwin's easily the better receiver, but Dalton Schultz just is the overall better tight end. He blocks way better. Um, you can play him kind of anywhere, um, whether it's the H-back, whether it's up uh, in line. Uh, and so I think that's why he's getting more snaps and he's just out there for more opportunities. So uh, it, it has been exciting as a Cowboys fan to watch his ascension was incorrect about uh, how much he would be utilized in the Blake Jarwin versus Dalton Schultz. So I'll take that L. Uh, Tom, what are your thoughts on these two guys? So I'll start with Schultz here. Um, yeah, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that they're running the ball as much as they are. So seventh in the league this year, 48.2%. Last year, 40% of the time, that's leading to much better opportunities in play action game. Um, and Schultz is a main beneficiary there. Uh, so I don't know if it's sustainable for him uh, because of the other weapons there, but enjoy it while, it's, while it lasts. I'm going to sell him if I can. Uh, Dawson Knox, I think he's legit. So I'm on the same page with Christian. He looks great. It's in an offense that can support three legitimate receiving weapons. Efficiency has been crazy so far. So we're probably going to see some regression in the touchdown department. Uh, he's got five through five weeks, right? Yes. Yeah. So I do think he's definitely a top 10 tight end right now. I don't think we can count on, you know, tight end three numbers all season. But if it happens, fantastic. Uh, and you know what? We need an infusion of tight end talent, young yes. tight end talent. So yes. it's exciting that we actually have some some breakouts here. Even if Schultz isn't necessarily for real, it's not like he's a 29-year-old Logan Thomas breaking out in his 14th year in the league, something like that. So, uh, yeah, it's good to see young guys break out. So if you guys need a tight end on a contending team or you're in a two-tight end league and you're rolling out just trash for your second tight end, what would you guys move to acquire Dawson Knox? I'd try to move two thirds for him. I don't think I could get that anymore though. So I'd probably move a second and try to get like Knox and a third back. Um, you know, I, I think I'd still be trying to get him in his couple weeks ago prices. I'm not willing to, you know, he's again, I don't buy high. He's not a guy I'm acquiring right now. He's a guy that I'm trying to sell right now. Um, packaging a second to try to get a first like Knox and a second for a first I would do. So those are the kind of deals I'm trying to make right now. He's not a player I would go acquire. I will not acquire a player while they're playing well. Yeah, Knox in a second for a first. And I think with his age and being on the Bills, you could get that, you know. So yeah. maybe target a team that you know 
is, is overperforming what they are. Like, look at the possible points of the all-play record. Find a team that, that that should be finishing like eighth or ninth that's like sitting second or third right now that thinks they're a contender. Target that team and try to get that that potential top five, six first. Just by adding adding your second with Dawson Knox, you could have a huge reward at the end for something like that. But I wouldn't be buying with his inflated price right now. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Uh, Tom, I kind of mentioned it at the top of the show, but you have been absolutely on fire with your props. And actually, we partnered with Thrive Fantasy, who that's what they do is they do player props. Basically, what Thrive Fantasy does is they give you 20 props in a week. You pick 10 of them. You pick the the, the over on Mike Williams yardage or you pick the under. Um, you pick the, the over on Justin Herbert's touchdowns or the under. You pick your favorite 10, whatever one you want. And then the more likely it is to happen, the less points you get, the less likely uh, it is, the more points you get. And it kind of works the same as some of these other sites where um, you can match up against some of your friends. You want to do a contest with with just five or ten of your friends, you can do that. Or if you want to do enter with thousands of people or hundreds of people, you can do that as well. And, and I think this is a really interesting concept. I am signing up for this upcoming Sunday. I'm going to be the uh, one of the ones to, to jump in here with our TFA code. You use code TFA when you sign up, and you're going to get your deposit matched up to a hundred bucks. Um, which I think is a really great deal. So I'm going to take advantage of that. Tom, you downloaded it. Um, are, are, what, are, what are your thoughts? Because you've been rocking these props so far. Is this something that you want to attack? Yeah, no, this is a really cool concept because if you are into you know player projections, props, even DFS, you can look at it and say, okay, Vegas has said it to be an over-under. I think it's you know too high, too low, whatever. It's the same thing I do with player props every single week. So I'm really into this concept. Um, it's another way to also be invested in, in the games and you don't have to put a lot of money down and it's not DFS. So it's a really cool concept. They're the only ones out there doing something like this. So yeah, sign up promo code TFA and, uh, yeah, it'll be, you won't regret it. It'll be fun. Yeah. Tom, I'm going to be listening to you and Cody on Saturday for your guys' prop talk. You guys have been on fire lately, um, so really excited to hear. Maybe you guys dive into some of these props that Thrive has. If you guys want to join the fun, go to thrivefantasy.com, sign up, use the promo code TFA, and they're going to match your deposit up to 100 bucks. Yeah, we, we might be moving to Fridays because I believe we're going to wind up doing a special show just for Thrive. Ooh, and then show. we're going to do a uh, live prop talk as well. So uh, I think we want to try and get the, the props out a little bit earlier. We were doing them. We, we did it on Saturdays last year because they were taking, you know, forever to get the player props out last year. It was coming out on Fridays. And, and this year, it seems like they're getting them out on, on Wednesdays and, and Thursdays for the most part. So uh, we, we're probably going to be switching to Friday pretty soon to give you guys some some more time. Uh, but yeah, we're be on the lookout for the Thrive show, and then uh, yeah, Prop Talk live as always. The Thrive and the, the Prop Talk live, I love it. Hey, let's get into some recent dynasty trades that we've made. That's why we have Christian on the Trade Master. You're at 104, I believe, through five weeks, which people are <laughs> going to think is just absolutely insane. But talk to us about a couple of the trades that you've made. Maybe maybe start with the first one, and then Tom and I will react to it a little bit. Yeah, so the first one I've got listed here, I, I sent Damian Harris and I received Robert Woods. Now, this was prior uh, to the blow-up game that Robert Woods had this this most recent week. Um, 
a lot like Allen Robinson. We've talked about, are you afraid of him or not? Like Robert Woods is a guy that, that has put up so many consistent seasons in this league, what five or six years now of, of borderline wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two production. I am just not worried about the slow start out the gate. Um, again, since I've made this deal, he's blown up for that. What was it? 150 yard game that he had. Um, so this trade's looking really good on my end now after that game, but at the time, Damian Harris is a guy where you guys have probably heard me heard me talk on some of the TFA shows that I do not like starting Patriots ever. Uh, Bill Belichick is just as likely to give Damian Harris 20 carries as he is to start a guy on the practice squad that we've never heard of next week. So for me, this was an easy decision to get a guy I think is one of the more consistent high-end producers in the league for, for a price of a, a volatile asset that I'm just not ever feeling good starting. What do you guys That's think about this one? fantastic trade. Fantastic. Yeah, th- this trade obviously looks really good, you know, one week in, but I think I'll like it going forward because, like you're saying, it's hard to trust these backs um, in the Patriots system. And then we've seen so much consistency from Robert Woods. I'm curious for those who obviously, did, you know, haven't made a trade for Robert Woods, but he's blown up now. Maybe that you can't quite do that. Who's a wide receiver that we could do that with that has not been performing? Is it a guy like Allen Robinson? Any other names come to mind for you guys of who that we, we know they've been consistent in the past, but they haven't blown up yet? Anybody come to mind? Allen Robinson's a good one. Um, my, yeah. I've got two other trades I have on this list, and there's two kind of receivers that may not fit exactly what you asked there, but are kind of undervalued or at least were at the point of this deal. Um, one of them was Michael Pittman. Um, he obviously just played good, you know, uh, what was it last night, I guess, against Baltimore. He, he had a big game. Um, he's a guy that hasn't scored a touchdown until last night. So even though his peripheral numbers were looking good as far as snaps and target share and all that, his fantasy stats were were not quite where we wanted them to be due to the lack of a touchdown. So he's a guy I've really enjoyed the price on the past couple weeks that I think I'd have a hard time getting some of the deals that I got for him again now that he's blown up. An example for a deal I made for Pittman, um, I just talked about how I like to sell guys that I don't feel – you know, are, are really legit that are overperforming their profile. I traded one of those guys in this deal. That's Cordero Patterson, um, who's been an all-star this year. I traded Patterson along with Hunter Renfro and Emmanuel Sanders. Again, two guys that are playing well that I just don't believe I'm going to feel good as having as a, a regular every week starter on my dynasty teams going forward. So again, I traded Patterson, Renfro and Sanders, and I received Michael Pittman and Elijah Moore. Um, Elijah Moore is a guy that really hasn't done anything yet, but he's a rookie prospect that I absolutely love his profile on. I believe he's going to have a great NFL career. So in my mind here, I'm getting a, two young pieces that I love long-term, one of them that is a, a, an every-week starter right now. And all I'm giving up is, is Patterson's this-year production. You know, but, but Patterson's a, what, a 30-, 31-year-old, ninth-year journeyman that who knows what position he even plays. Outside of this year, I'm not sure what kind of asset Patterson is. And I don't really feel I'm taking a decrease going from Patterson to Pittman. I feel much more confident in Pittman's production each week, even though Patterson may throw up a, a huge game every now and then. So to recap that one, just because I got a little long-winded, Cordero Patterson, Hunter Renfro, and Emmanuel Sanders for Michael Pittman and Elijah Moore. What do y'all think about that one? I like it. You got you got young and wide receiver, um, and the upside is there with both of them, which is when you make a trade, that's that's the goal there. Through through what we've seen so far from Pittman up until week two where he had that, that week two explosion – it was like, man, we want to see Michael Pittman take that next step. And now that we've seen it, you know, week two, he's actually been okay, honestly. Week three and four, just like you were saying, the touchdown wasn't there, but his numbers were okay. And then week five, we, we finally see that touchdown. I think that's a really good buy just, just in its own right. Um, you're talking about Renfro, who I think is a very low-ceiling player. That's a guy I'd love to move in, in any leagues where I had him, which is not a lot. 
Patterson, talk about selling high. There's no bigger sell high to me than Cordero Patterson. And then Manny Sanders, a 34-year-old wide receiver playing on a fantastic offense. This is probably more of your, hey, I'm not competing, uh, right? You're, you're not competing in this league. Is that correct? Oh, no, I am. I just okay. don't think I'm taking a haircut really from Patterson to Pittman. I feel just I, I feel better starting Pittman every week than Patterson, even though Patterson may possess a little higher of a ceiling. Elijah Moore, Hunter Renfro, and Emmanuel Sanders are not starting for me on a competing team. So as far as a potential starting lineup, I'm going from Patterson to Pittman here. So I don't really think this is a only if you're not trying to win this year deal. I, I think Pittman's better than, than Patterson going forward. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's a slight decrease if you're competing now. Sanders, just with what he's done so far touchdown-wise, I know the volume wasn't there this last week, but how much the Bills throw and and, and how good he's looked the first couple of weeks, um, he, he's probably going to be in that flex consideration most week, depending on how many you start right in your dynasty roster. And then Patterson, I'm not the guy that thinks this is going to continue. I honestly think Michael Pittman outscores Cordero Patterson the rest of the year, but he's still going to be a fantasy a useful piece this year. So um, I'm going to wait on Elijah Moore. I, I, I'm not sure we see it year one. He might be a year two type of player. So, um, yeah, this is this is fantastic with the youth that you got um, in this trade. And then one more I want to throw in that I actually made this morning. So I added this one late. This is the, the, the trade that I made today. So this was number 104 uh, for the year. <laughs> Uh, this was a league where I have now lost uh, Saquon Barkley um, and J.K. Dobbins, so I am thin at running back. I'm starting Daryl Henderson, and that is it. So I needed an extra body. Um, I'm also down. Um, Julio Jones has been banged up. Like I have four or five starters injured, so this is a league where I needed an extra body that I could plug in. Um, so I sent Chris Godwin. Um, this guy that I was trading with just wanted to get a little bit younger going from Keenan Allen to Chris Godwin. I received Keenan Allen and Miles Gaskin. And you guys know that Miles Gaskin's not a guy that I'm very high on, but he is a guy that is getting enough volume to where with all the injuries I have, I can actually start him week to week in this league due to how banged up my team is. So for me, desperately needing another starter to not have to start guys like, you know, I, I can't even think of an example right now, but you know, those guys that we do absolutely do not want to plug into our lineup. I now can start Gaskin each week going forward. Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, I don't really think there's a, an exchange for this year. I'm just getting a little bit older there. So for me, this was really, can I get an extra starter by just getting a little bit older at a position? Tom, you first. I don't hate it. Um, you, don't, you don't love it? No, because I don't really like Gaskin that much. So I think it's it's a it's a one year stopgap there, so if you're competing, then I'm I'm the favorite to win the championship. But okay. I have four then, or five guys on IR. I need to keep right. winning, and and Gaskin is much better than plugging in, let's say, um, Hunter Renfro as a starter right. every week. So, you know, that's the tier of then player we're getting then that's to. That's fine. I don't really think you're you're losing much between Godwin and Allen this year. I think Allen might be a better play this year, depending on it's close. It's a, it's a fair trade, Robbie. I'm, I'm, I, I don't like Gaskin. I don't think you can rely on Gaskin um, to be a starter for you, to be honest with you. Like last week, yeah, scored two touchdowns. That's going to be his best week of the season, if you ask me. Like Gaskin is not getting the workload. Um, and this is not me. Let me let me preface that. It's not like I'm just coming down the trade. I think it's an even trade. You had Keenan Allen he, ranked ahead of Chris Goblin by quite a bit of margin going into this year, so I know you're not hating on it that much. Right. Oh, you're talking <laughs> about the Keenan Allen stand. Man. This is absolutely. Uh, Keenan Allen and, and Chris Godwin, even with that age discrepancy, is really close for me just because Godwin – we talk about, I'm, I'm not going to call him injury prone, but he does tend to miss more <laughs> games than, than Keenan Allen, right? And 
and then we have who's going to be the, the guy for Tom Brady. Is it Mike Evans? Is it Antonio Brown? Is it Chris Godwin? I know that Keenan Allen's going to get 11, 12 targets every single week. So that's really close uh, for me. You did get older, which I don't love, but I think it's a I think it's a fine trade if you're competing. You, you're going to be fine with Keenan Allen. Miles Gaskins, I honestly don't know if you rely on, but we, we hopefully see Saquon back in a couple of weeks. Hopefully it's not an extended injury. If so it wasn't Gaskin I'd be starting, it would be Jamison Crowder or A.J. Green, just to give you guys an idea there. To me, Gaskin I'm, is – I feel I'm much better Jameson about Crowder over. I'm, I'm starting Jamison Crowder over Miles Gaskin. Yeah, Miles Gaskin who scored like 35 this week. Good luck ever getting that type of ceiling for Jamison Crowder. Yeah, well, all, yeah, absolutely. But look at what Miles Gaskins did for you. You're just taking his top week, right? Like, what did Miles Gaskins do for you before this week? Nothing. Well, what has Jamison Jameson Crowder done for you this year? Two two games so far, he was a top 24 wide receiver, and this week it wasn't fantastic. But I'll take one top five running back finish over two wide receiver 23 finishes all day. I would rather go ahead and wrap up one week and put a dub on the board than have eh, two eh, performances. You know, I got 10. Oh, that was cool. You know, I, I would have I'll, never I'll take the one win of the week. I would have never guessed Miles Gaskin was going to do that. So absolutely worked out for you this week. Um, yeah, and, and like I said, it's it's a fine trade. I'm just not a Miles Gaskin guy. Tom, let's get to your trades. Uh, give us your first one. All right, so first one, home league, sent Mark Andrews and Devonta Smith. Cried a little bit because I sent Devonta, but I received Darren Waller and Brandon Ayuk. You cried because of Devonta Smith. I thought you were going to say you cried because Mark Andrews just went Monday night miracle for teams so, that were down 35 points. I scored 233 points in that, that league this week. So it wasn't really, I had, I had Brady and uh, who's the other dude who went off. I forget Antonio and yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But so I have, uh, I had Andrews and Kyle Pitts in that league. And I was basically picking the wrong tight end every single week. And I decided just to get Darren Waller so I didn't have to deal with that headache anymore. And then Andrews goes off. I just traded him. And Pitts outproduces him. So that's fantastic. But I like the upside with Brandon Ayuk. I don't have to start him. He's my wide receiver five. I have uh, Adams, Tyreek, Jefferson, and McLaurin ahead of him. So... He's basically a stash and hope he gets gets right. And then, you know, Darren Waller, top two tight end. Christian, what do you think about this trade? I loved it when he made it, but after that blow-up game, man, and Brandon Ayuk continuing to struggle, um, it's looking pretty even. You know, I definitely think Darren Waller is a big upgrade over Mark Andrews, but Lamar's looking like a better passer than we've seen, too, so, so maybe that's a little – um, exaggerated. I absolutely love Devonte Smith, and I just can't fathom what's going on with Brandon Ayuk right now. So, if Brandon Ayuk rides the ship and and Darren Waller gets back to that target share we saw in Week One, it's definitely the side that Tom had. But you know, with Lamar looking excellent, Mark Andrews just lighting the world on fire, and Devonte Smith absolutely being the number one on his team, you know, I like the side that he gave up too. But you know, pretty even value. Yeah, I think this is a to be determined for me, depending on really what happens with Ayuk. Yeah, I mean, again, Devonta Smith, it was going to be really tough to start him on a weekly basis anyway. So I I needed the upgrade at tight end there. So I just went with Waller. Uh, Ravi, what do you think? I've become a very big fan of Devonta Smith. Very big fan. Because, you know, I was like, hey, I think Rager can hang with I, him. I think they're pretty close in talent. 
but that's that's not the target share that they're getting, and that's not how they're nope. viewed, right? Devonta Smith is the one. Um, and, and, and again, all wide receivers are going to be inconsistent. He had a couple of bad weeks. He is still a rookie. We have to remember that. You know, Justin Jefferson really didn't start taking off until this point forward, if we remember 2020's year, right? So I'm not saying Devonta Smith could be that guy, but, man, he's getting that wide receiver one target share in an offense that throws enough, um, which was kind of your your concern with Hurts. Is, is he going to throw enough? Is he going to run more than 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 pass, right? So, um this one's tough for me, man. I'm not an Ayuk fan, as you know. Like, no, no. I'm, we're we're talking about trades where you guys are acquiring players I don't like. So I don't want to, you know, hate on the trade because I think you guys both got good value. It's just you're acquiring guys that I don't love. So honestly, if you're asking me what side I like better, I do like the Mark Andrews and Devonta Smith side better. But I understand how Darren Waller is that upgrade versus Mark Andrews most weeks. <laughs> Was not that yeah. case in week five, but most weeks Darren Waller will get you what five to six more points. Uh, average wise, I should say, yeah. um, on a, on a weekly basis. So, yeah, you upgraded at tight end, and if Brandon you turns it around. I think this is a, a good trade for you. And uh, I told you about Devonta. I told you what would happen. Yep. No, he's been fantastic. I told you yeah. about Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Well, that hurts. <laughs> uh, Next trade. Second trade. Second trade I made uh, with John Bosch in Bartab. I sent. $45 of my fab for Emmanuel Sanders and AJ Green. I have Michael Thomas on my bench. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is now my wide receiver three in there. I have Cooper. Are there contracts or something in this league? Because I'm in a league with Bosch and he's usually a pretty savvy uh, trade offer. This one I don't understand though. Like to so, me, those are some uh, let's, like usable bye week pieces for fab. This is a bankroll rollover right. league. So if rookie auction, rookie stipends get passed out, then you have your rookie auction, right? If you get, you know, pits and you get a couple Elijah Moore, right? But you have a hundred bucks left over at the end of the rookie uh, auction, it rolls over into the vet auction right before the season starts. And you pick up the who are the guys that maybe got picked up late in the year? Uh, Tyson Williams would have been a guy, right? Because Gus Edwards mm-hmm. goes down. People are are in the vet auction or bidding on. You know, 40 bucks on Tyson Williams, 50 bucks on Tyson Williams. So I would I would equate $45 to a what do you think, Tom? A third round pick? Maybe yeah. not even. Yeah. Like like first round picks are going for anywhere from six hundred. I think you did good here then if that's the case. Cause like yep. if I'm moving Sanders or Green, I'm looking for a third just for that player. So I mean you should at least get two thirds here. So I think yep. you did well here if that forty five is the equivalent of a, of a third for those of us that don't know all the ins and outs of this bankroll league. So to put this in perspective, uh, Kadarius Tony went for $50 in, in this auction. Amon Ross St. Brown went for 47. Kellen Mond went for 46. So we're talking about they are players. I'd say so you could potentially get a Davis Mills or Kadarius Tony with this package is what you're saying. Correct. Okay. Put right. it in perspective. Gotcha. Right. And I have kind of forgot I had Kadarius Tony on this team because he's on my taxi squad. So maybe I'll call him up. Maybe. Yeah. So Amon St. Brown, Nico Collins type rookie draft yeah. range, right? That area. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Exactly. So one other um league or home league trade I almost did. Zeke, McLaurin, Fields, and a late first for Swift and AJ Brown. Um, and I talked myself out of it because after looking into it even more, I realized I actually think I like Terry McLaurin more than AJ Brown at this point. Um, so I, I couldn't do it and fields 
Fields doesn't really matter to me on that on that team because I have Lamar and Brady, and it's a one quarterback league, so that's a throw in. The late first, that's okay. I can give that away because I have somebody else's pick that's probably going to be a top three pick, so I'm fine giving away late first. I already told you that. I'm trying to swap out A.J. Brown for C.D. Lamb. We'll see if that happens, and I would give up the higher first in that scenario. Uh, so I like that better. What do you guys think of both? It's a lot to unpack, but what I took from it is you're a little low on AJ Brown. You like lamb better and McLaurin better than AJ Brown. I do. Interesting. Just cause the injuries I, or what? I, the injuries, the inconsistency so far and Terry McLaurin is really fucking good. I feel like, Two years older than AJ Brown, same draft class. It doesn't matter. He's just really good. You know what I mean? I think he's a stud, um, but he, it's hard for me to rank stud. him ahead of AJ or DK, the, the guys that are that have two years of age on him in that same class. Like I love him. I think he's a back end wide receiver one, but I don't know that I'd be taking him over AJ or, or DK or or Jefferson or Lamb or Chase or that that younger group. We'll put it this way. It wasn't it wasn't say AJ Brown is a little bit better. It wasn't nearly enough of an upgrade for me to do that deal. Yeah. I think the bigger thing is that, so with that, you would have gotten younger at running back, right? Um, right. You would have gotten worse in my opinion for this year, going from Zeke to Swift. Right. Um, McLaurin, AJ Brown, if you told me who scored more at the end of the year from this point forward, I don't know. It could be either one to be honest with you. Um, and then you would also begin up a late first. So that's where I think it's probably good that you didn't do this because I think you needed a little bit more. You got younger at running back. I have McLaurin and A.J. Brown really close. I have A.J. Brown higher, but it's not by a whole ton. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you didn't do this because I think the late first was just too much. And then Fields on top, I get it. He wasn't a lot to you, but it just adds to it. So if you switch that to, to Lamb, I like that more, but I still don't think I'm at a point where I think you're getting enough for all four pieces that you're giving up, to be honest with you. Well, I'm going to have to overpay because dude is a Georgia fan and doesn't want to give up DeAndre Swift. And he already feels like – so I threw this out to him. I had it offered for, I don't know, like 20 hours or something. And I kept on looking at it and pulled it and he got really mad that I pulled it. Um, and I said, I couldn't do it. And basically said, yo, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't do it. After looking at it, I was paying way too much. I would do the deal with either fields or a first, uh, but not both. Is the guy you're trading um, with as much of a contender as you are? Yeah. Okay. Because to me, I mean, the um, Zeke McLaurin side is probably better if you're a contender. But to me, right. I'd much rather have Swift and AJ. I, I prefer Swift to Zeke straight up, and I prefer AJ Brown to McLaurin straight up as far as a dynasty asset. Right, dynasty, but, yes. Yeah, this if year. you're a con- if you're a contender, I, I'd probably lean to the side of Zeke and McLaurin outperforming them the rest of this year. But I don't know if it's worth a, a first. I don't know if it's a first more in production. Right. I think I think we talked about this off air. And in Robbie's league, actually, I traded Zeke in a second for Swift and a third. So, like, you know, I don't mind paying a little bit to get that much younger and not lose that much production. But I think a first is too steep, along with Fields, too. Like, Fields is almost worth a back-end first and a 1QB, probably a high second. To me, that is way too much just to get just a little bit younger there, especially if both of y'all are contending. 
And that was the you know conclusion I wound up coming to was I would be screwing myself for this year, especially. But I think if it's for CD Lamb there, I, I'm perfectly fine with doing that deal. Um, so we'll see. I don't think he's gonna do it because I think he's still uh he's mad that Quit. I pulled it. But again, it was sitting there for like 20 Two, three hours. days, probably. Yeah. Well, no, like it, it was like it was less than a day, but he got mad. And he's like, yeah. Quick side <laughs> question. Get... While we're talking about the young receivers yeah. that I think the listeners will enjoy. Has Jamar Chase passed AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, or is he just right there in that tier? Is he right behind him or is he ahead of them? I mean, we're talking about five touchdowns in his first four games, probably the best rookie uh, like profile coming out of college uh, out of that group. Where do we have Jamar Chase? Um, and dynasty wide receiver rankings amongst this this you know third year group that we're discussing here. I think I have him above AJ. I think I have him above DK Metcalf. I think he's right there with Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I mean he's going to be right in that group, right? Uh, I think a little bit of that probably comes with T Higgins missing two games. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, there's nothing to dislike about Chase. Uh, I thought the preseason worries were were kind of silly, to be honest with you. Um, that was not something that concerned me, the drops or whatever people were on about. Um, yeah, you're talking about one of the better wide receiver prospects um, with size, speed, uh, ability to to go up and get the ball that is in that realm with those players that we're talking about. So um, I probably need to parse a couple more weeks to find out exactly how I, how I rank them all. But they're great. he's going to be right there with, with DK, A.J. Brown. He's going to be above McLaurin for me, but he, he's right there. Below Justin Jefferson, I would say, though. Good stuff. Let's move on to some of your trades, Robbie. Yeah, man, I, I tried to keep up with you for one week. Uh, these trades are now two weeks old now that we've had. Yeah, yeah. So these were made prior to week four here. Uh, the first one, I am a contender in Capitalist Pigs 2, which is another bankroll league. Um, I acquired Tyree Kill and Daniel Jones. I uh, did not have a share of either one of those individuals, so that was exciting uh, because of Tyreek Hill, big playability, and then how well Daniel Jones has been playing. And I gave up Mac Jones, Rashad Bateman, Pat Fryermuth, and then a 2022 second, third, fourth, and fifth. And for those of you who don't quite know what that is, it's basically um, your, your fifth is your Debbie pick. So all of those added together probably equals a first. So imagine all of those picks as a 2022 first um, with those other options. Um, what do you guys think about this trade? This is for a contending team that is four and one. That's, five and oh, five that, and oh, sorry. That's, I'm five and oh. that's, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. It's a no brainer. That was with Tyler Gunther. In fact, he joined some guy was not paying attention to his team. He picked up an 0-5 team, so he's looking to get younger. He gets Bateman, who I really do like. He gets Fryermuth, who has a couple of flashes, but we know tight ends take a little bit. I like the upgrade to Daniel Jones from Max Jones. We talked about the rushing upside yeah. um, you know, earlier in this pod, so I was excited about that one. And then my other one, uh, another contender, um, Christian Sexton, the, the league that we're in together. I'm so excited to hear your thoughts here. I really need quarterback help. We had talked about that a little bit. Um, I had Teddy Bridgewater, I had Joe Burrow, and Carson Wentz. And so kind of your QB2s and, and Carson Wentz kind of at that QB3 range. Um, so I got Ryan Tannehill, who is, I think, a buy-low candidate. He hasn't put it all together quite yet, but I do think he does later in the season. And I gave up Teddy Bridgewater and a 2022 first-round pick. 
So the real reason Robbie made this trade is the team he's chasing in that league rolls out Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott every week. So he's got to make a move to, to be able to not just, you know, <laughs> be getting outscored by 20 points by this team every week. So he goes out and gets Ryan Tannehill, who we looked at as kind of that back end quarterback one coming into this year. But he's really struggled out the gate. But I don't think his job's in danger. I love his weapons. Teddy Bridgewater is the, the definition of a bridge guy, pun intended there. And you're a contender in this league. That 22 first is the 11th overall picked, most likely. So I don't really think you gave up too much here to get Ryan Tannehill. So great job by you. I'm gu- I'm guessing the person who has Mahomes and Dak would would be on this podcast right now. I, I think they be. are. He would be. He's made a lot of good trades since joining. He is a man of his word. He's making at least a trade a week in that league. Um, took over a decent team, but definitely has has improved it uh, since arriving. Tom, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> Take the time you need, sir. Uh, it's just a podcast. Well, no, I know. I know. I like it. I don't. When Judy comes back, I feel like the offense is going to get better. So Tom goes Judy's from dumping on the draft class to like, okay, the 11th pick of next year's draft is pretty solid. No, actually, now that no, I'm thinking it's, about it. it's more. It's more. Ryan Tannehill hasn't been great, and Teddy Bridgewater could be really, really close to. That's Aaron Rodgers' job next year. Come on, now we all know Ryan it. Tannehill. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's still, it's still, <laughs> it's still Ryan Tannehill for me. Um, I think this is this is where we look at. You guys talked about it. we're not going to buy players high. So when you buy a player low, you're going to have questions, right? Like Ryan Tannehill is the definition of buying low because he has not looked great. His weapons have been injured. But if we're going to go off of what Ryan Tannehill has done since leaving the Adam Gase curse that we talked about earlier with Sam Darnold, we've seen a really, really consistent touchdown rate. We've seen a really, really consistent low interception rate. Um, so I think he's a guy that, like Christian said, he's going to be probably in that quarterback 7 to quarterback 13, 14 range. Uh, which Teddy Bridgewater on the flip side playing really, really well, but we don't know his long-term future. He had some easier matchups. The Broncos did not have um, a slate to start out the year. Actually, it was very, very easy for him. So I I think this is that type of buy low, sell high type of situation. And with that, what else, anything else before we wrap this up and get out of here, Christian, any thoughts? No, no thoughts. Go out and make trades. Activity brings results. Don't sit on your hands in Dynasty. That was a perfect thought. I knew you would have a good thought. That is fantastic. I need to uh, do that more. I'm somebody that that wants to kind of sit and observe, uh, wait too long to make a trade. So that is fantastic advice for me. Tom, one piece of advice for the listeners before we get out of here. I don't know. Um, Listen to Prop Talk on Friday or Saturday so I can make you some money. 10 out of 11 this past And join week. Discord. I, I'm not the prop guy yeah. here, but I've thrown a college parlay into the Debbie channel in our Discord that's hit more times than not this year. So if you want some free money, I'd hop in the Discord if I were you. Yes. Yeah. Get on the Discord, man. Please hop in the Discord. The link to that will be in this episode description. Uh, on top of that, make sure you guys are, are subscribed. Make sure you guys are, are listening to our YouTube side. We're giving you a lot of redraft content. Uh, obviously, you guys are getting the podcast here, so that is good as well. But um, we have live shows. Wednesday starts, start, sits, almost screw that up every single time. Uh, <laughs> Thursday DFS show. Um, it sounds like maybe Friday or Saturday you're going to get the prop talk. 
Um, you're also going to hear Christian's Debbie Pod, which has been getting rave reviews. We've had so many fantastic ratings. If you guys do like the show, please go out there and leave us a, a review. We'd love to hear what you guys like, what else you guys would like to see. So, um, without further ado, we're going to get out of here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.